When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's the report, old report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lund alongside Al Renato, a.k.a. as New York sports radio fans know him, the great Al from White Plains, and this is New Report, Old Report. Here on Tuesday, August 27th from 8 to 9 Eastern Time, live on Sports Radio America. If you missed the live show, you can catch the replay all week, also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or find the show as bonus content under the Bridge Sports Podcast, which you can find by searching for the Bridge Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at LondonBridge.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can text in a question, comment, or complaint to 929-274-3437, or if you're brave enough, leave a voicemail with the same, and we'll play what you have to say on air again by calling 929-274-3437. Four three seven. This week, Andrew Luck retires. What that means to him, to his former team, to the league, and to the future. Check your sources. We're off. Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. And as par tradition on our show, we often remind listeners that nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League. And in a week that should be populated by some other sports, just slightly more, especially on a weekend in which potential World Series opponents square off in the Yankees and Dodgers. The National Football League strikes again in an incredible way, specifically for the National Football League, one Andrew Luck, who news breaks, and he has to break the then news that he is retiring from professional football at the age of 29. He's had enough of the game mentally, physically, Emotionally, too much. He's walking away while he still can. Very candid about it after the week three preseason game in which he had to make the press conference about it. So there's a ton to dive into just in that topic alone, and we will get to all the different storylines from it as the show progresses. But your immediate reaction when one Adam Schefter lets the world know that this is indeed it for one Andrew Luck. Johnny, first of all, how are you? And greetings to all our fans, as always, uh, out there. Uh, we uh, we were gone for a week. Uh, new report, old report, right back with you. And I was stunned, absolutely flabbergasted. Saturday night, as you said, front and center was supposed to be a potential World Series preview on Players Weekend in hideous all white and all white black, all white and all black uniforms. Uh, my phone blows up, uh, as does the rest of the world's that Andrew Luck has announced his retirement from the National Football League and the Colts. It was, you know, we knew he was dealing with these injuries, uh, but just a, you know, a week or so ago, he was out there and moving on the practice field, and it looked like uh, he would be ready for week one. 
this was really the last thing any of us expected, that out of nowhere, not only would he not be ready for week one, uh, no, he wouldn't go on uh, the injured list uh, on none of the above. Uh, he's not playing anymore. And he makes this stunning announcement that he basically is tired of everything he's got to do to get back on the field year after year after year. And this calf injury obviously has not progressed the way he had hoped. And certainly me as an NFL slash sports slash huge. Now, remember, I'm a Baltimore Raven fan, but I am a huge Andrew Luck fan. Loved him in college. Love his competitive spirit. Love his intellect. Love how hard he plays. Love his talent. And uh, he just had enough. So the captain, at least for now, has been, I don't want to call it a, a fond farewell, probably a not so fond farewell, especially in the minds of some of the Colt fans uh, to the National Football League. And, and your thoughts on the reactions of, look, a, a small amount of Colt fans, obviously. We know the majority of fans are not like that. We know they're all tried and true, terrific sports fans. They're great. NBA fans, they're great. NCAA hoop fans uh, in Indiana. And there was a handful of boos uh, on Saturday night, which I'm curious to hear as the new age guy, uh, how you thought of, what you thought of the the reaction of at least a group of of Colt fans when they got the news. When Luck was still on the field and getting ready to leave the field at the end of that preseason game. Unfortunately, I get it. It wasn't a complete surprise. I think in the moment, you could argue that it's not surprising that some fans did that. Some fans just had their fantasy football drafts that weekend and drafted Andrew Luck as their quarterback. Some are thinking ahead to what the future now is after an offseason of, hey, We finally got an offensive line. We know what our wide receivers can do. This is the year that we're really going to compete. And then that gets ripped away from you in that moment. And your first thought is to boo. Now, obviously, if you're still booing today, if you didn't head to the car and think, what was I doing? Like, let's celebrate Andrew Luck for his career and what he meant to this team. What are we booing for? But the boos didn't surprise me when it happened. No, especially in 2019, of course. I'm a little bit more surprised that once the news broke and once it trickled along the sidelines, somebody didn't make the decision to try and get luck off the field before the game ended without anybody noticing that he was gone. Like, kind of whisk him away in a sense so he could prepare a little bit for the press conference he was going to have to make and we wouldn't be led with the booze. So it didn't surprise me the next time he's in Indianapolis for all the rest of the times he's in Indianapolis and tons of other stadiums, he'll get a well-deserved standing ovation that is incredibly well-deserved based on the career that he's had. So I think in that aspect, people will be more reverent. In the moment, though, it didn't surprise me. What kind of surprised me? And this is, this is where we are in 2019, and there's a two-side discussion for it And I don't know where necessarily to stand. I think in a sense it's just understandable in that 
this story is broken by Adam Schefter, not by Andrew Luck. This is Adam Schefter's job. This is one of the biggest stories he'll ever break in his career. This is what ESPN pays him all that money to do, just this. I don't know who scooped it. I don't know if we'll ever find out who gave him that information, how he was able to confirm it, who he talked to. But this is, this is a top five moment for your career if you do this in the business. This is number one on the resume board. game is over before luck can announce it publicly himself i i don't i don't i understand who leaks it i don't understand who discloses it luck did that himself you know his father the coach general manager owner where'd he come from did he reveal his source why can't he reveal his source no it's not like it's what you you're not going to be able to get anything from that source in the future if you reveal it uh i'm confused i would love to know where that came from i really would because andrew luck was booed by his own fans which i am not saying was shocking to me but i thought it was pathetic absolutely positively pathetic by and i understand we are trained all right to, to love our teams sports unlike anything else brings out our emotion because we live it, we eat it, we breathe it, we touch it, we feel it, unlike anything else in the entertainment world, because these are our guys, they're our city, they're our team, they're our, I hate to even say it, they're our fantasy guys, whatever the case, they, they played at the college we went to, however you want to cut it. But for them to boo him, I, I just thought was absolutely, and I said, as it, not unexpected because there's always a few fans, but I mean, these are a few fans without half a brain, as far as I'm concerned. Because you're booing a guy who is, it's not like he's walking away after not putting up a fight. This guy has done everything within his power to get himself back on the field after being beaten up, beaten down. Injuries, shoulder, shoulder again, ankle, concussions, and behind a ragtag offensive line that they really did a pitiful job of, I don't want to say putting together because they never put it together until finally they replaced their general manager. And then finally, they get an offensive line together and their sack total drops from worst in the league to up there at the top of the best in the league. And he can't get over this calf injury, uh, which is obviously not healing. And after all the years of being beaten up and some success, but not the success we had all hoped for, because as I've said countless times, one of the three most prepared quarterbacks coming out of college I've seen in my lifetime, all ironically out of Stanford, Jim Plunkett, far far, far before your time, but I'm sure many of the old report saw him and realized what a great college player he was at Stanford. Heisman winner. John Elway. We all know who he is. Hall of Famer. Multiple Super Bowl champion. The Duke. Denver legend. Denver GM. And this kid, who when he was at Stanford, was going to be the next great quarterback, one of the highest rated quarterbacks 
ever to come out of college football and into the draft, the number one overall pick, got off to a great start, but now is being castigated by other talk show hosts, Tom Byrne, who I got in a fight with last night, and the buffoon, Doug Gottlieb, who the next time he says something dumb might be another four seconds. Um, for not living up to his potential, not being a great quarterback, uh, having a good career, not a great career, but castigated for that. Despite the fact that he dragged himself out on that field, that he fought tooth and nail to play hurt, some of it his own fault, but because, because of his talent, because of his athleticism, because of his hunger to win and compete, should have gone down at times when he didn't. His predecessor was smart enough Peyton Manning to know, get down, get low, stop, stop, drop and roll, as Peyton did many times without even rolling. This guy fought. He took a ton of hits. He would try and run guys over. He would stand in the pocket and try and make throws that shouldn't have been probably, discretion was a better part of valor, shouldn't have been made, probably should have gotten down. Um, as a result, suffered a lot of injuries at an early age, but battled through them and behind you know, a hideous offensive line still battled and came back and they finally through the draft, put together a solid offensive line, had a terrific comeback here last year. They go to the playoffs. Um, do they go to Super Bowl? No. What were they the best team now? You know, so am I going to knock him for not going to a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. You know, I, I got to disagree with Tom Byrne last night. So who's, who's better? Who do you take over? You know, other than the big group. And then he came up with Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, and I was just like, well, would he get me? You know, because Matt Ryan's been to a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan was one of the biggest gaggers in the history of the sport, biggest choke job in the history of the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz has been an NFL quarterback for four seconds and can't stay on the field. And I like Carson Wentz. He has a chance to be a great player. But he's not better than Andrew Luck. And Matt Ryan certainly won. Why? Because you know, Matt Ryan won an MVP, makes a better quarterback. He asked me who I would rather have. Andrew Luck or Matt, Matt Ryan, I'll take Andrew Luck every every time. Every time. You know, I think Matt Ryan's most, my personal opinion. But the point is you're making it sound like he didn't go to a Super Bowl. You know, he's not a good quarterback. You know, you know, he should have been to Super Bowls. When? When? When did he have anything remotely resembling the best team to take them to a Super Bowl? Tell me when. In a conference that always has the Patriots, you know, to deal with. And and Throughout, throughout the years he was in the league, other terrific teams, like Pittsburgh, like the Ravens. Who, when exactly should he have gone to a Super Bowl? Not saying he didn't take them to a level that they, you know, should have not been at, but he took them to levels. He had them achieve. When he got there, they were hideous. He took them to the playoffs. They lost to the world, cha world champion to be Ravens. And... I don't think they ever lost a playoff game where they were the better team. I do believe they went in and kicked your team's ass. If memory serves me correct. I hate to bring up bad memories, yeah, it, but were you not at the top? Were you not at the top of the conference when Andrew Luck came in and kicked the hell out of the, out of the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning? If I, if I vaguely remember, yes, yes. Or am, or am I, or, or, or am I, am I misremembering as Roger Clemens would say? Oh, that, that was an unfortunate one, and quite okay. the narrative so, so, in sports. So, so not only did he not lose when he shouldn't have, all right, he also won when he shouldn't have. So he, he took teams to higher levels than they should have gotten to, and 
I, I don't remember him playing in a playoff game where his team lost and should have won. So, not to mention the great comeback against Kansas City. You know, the great Andy Reid giveaway. So, I, I, I think that he is getting an awful lot of heat. I don't think it's appropriate. Just my opinion. Everybody's titled to their opinion, even though it may, even though it may be wrong. Your opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. And a lot of assholes have voiced their opinion. And they're dead wrong. This was a great quarterback that never was. This is a great college quarterback who could have been, and maybe someday still will be, a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. We will never know because he has never gotten to that level, uh, partially through injuries and the inability of the team around him. And by saying he's had enough, uh, we in all probability will not see him get the chance to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And to me, it's sad as a fan. Uh, I don't hold it against him. I'm not mad at him. I'm not disappointed in him. I'm disappointed as a fan that I'm not going to get to see him play more because I appreciate him for what he is, which is a terrific young guy, a bright young guy, a great talent um, who didn't get a chance because of health to get to the mountaintop. Not just from a team standpoint, but from a personal standpoint. Because there are plenty of quarterbacks, whether it's Dan Marino, right, uh, or whether it's Dan Fouts, or whether it's Warren Moon, who didn't win Super Bowls, uh, two of which didn't even go to Super Bowls, uh, who were in the Hall of Fame. And they had long, legendary careers because they stayed healthy for the most part, and they put up incredible numbers, uh, so they're in the Hall of Fame, and they were terrific players. Dan Marino's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, he's not going to, unless he decides to come back, he's not going to have that opportunity to put up those huge numbers and those legendary records uh, that may have gotten him into the Hall of Fame regardless of whether or not he ever went to or won a Super Bowl. So uh, I feel bad all the way around. Of course, I feel bad for Colts fans, but I think Colts will be okay. I think they're going to have a really good team but obviously not nearly as good without him. But I do feel uh, very disappointed as a sports fan that I'm not going to get to see him play anymore. Yeah, it's another what-if story in sports. And the interesting part of what-if stories now, for whatever reason, it's looked at as almost a severe disappointment when players such as Andrew Luck don't get to the Super Bowl, don't win a Super Bowl. It's looked like their entire career was, was basically a failure instead of appreciation of what they did on the field and kind of a step back of what they had to deal with along the way. Well, let me ask you, in, in the era where everything now is measured by championships, everything is measured by rings, and, and, and the, the now already tiresome term chips, which just dry. I hear one more person say he's got, he's got three chips. Sounds like another chip. We have to shorten everything. We don't have time to say championship. Is that, is that what, is that what kind of how pressed we are for time that we can't speak anymore? We can't say words. You don't use chip in the, in the courtroom as lawyer talk. 
we, we, we don't, I don't use chip <laughs> at all. I don't use LOL. I use AOL. I don't use L. I'm, my, my goal is to be the, the last man, the, the last breathing person to be using LOL. To be using AOL, excuse me. Never used LOL, never will. But the point is, you know, Chip annoys the hell out of me. But here's my question for you. What would be more disappointing? This or if he played another seven years? Healthy, strong, successful, put up big numbers, and yet never went to a Super Bowl. I think it's the latter. Which which career is more disappointing? I think it's the latter, without question. And he could throw for every record in the book, but there would always be one person after you told his Hall of Fame resume to, well, he never won a championship. Let's say, that, he never got, let's say he never got to a Super Bowl. Never got let's to a Super Bowl. Dan, let's, say was, let's, say, let's say it was Dan Fouts all right, or Warren Moon. Plenty worse. of numbers. Plenty of numbers. Plenty of success. Never made it to a Super Bowl. What would you say about that Andrew Luck versus this Andrew Luck? Which career is more disappointing? You would have to say it's this one if you're just taking a step back and being a logical thinking sports fan this one where he was unable to physically mentally emotionally and couldn't get that opportunity obviously if you're another type of fan he plays that long he has all the records well never won a super bowl never even got to a super bowl how good could he have possibly been al would be the argument how good could he have possibly been? You can't put him with the Bradys and the Breezes and the Mannings because he never even got to a Super Bowl. I, I think it's more severe now if you had a Dan Marino-esque type resume than it would be when Dan Marino had that resume. And I'm not sure why that change happened, where it's you need to win or you're not even going to be in the end conversation. But for a fan of Andrew Luck... Why wouldn't you want him to have the opportunity to play all those years, to show us his greatness, to give us great games, great moments, so he doesn't make it to the Super Bowl? What if he made it to the AFC Championship game five, six, seven years? But he never could have won the big game. That would be the argument. Could have won the big game. It's, we're always first to criticize not to take a step back and look at his career as a whole. And he's a very interesting case for it because when he comes to the Colts, they come off having one of the best quarterbacks of all time, losing one of the best quarterbacks of all time, hoping that you could breathe at some point a year or two after that. God knows what's going to happen. And then suck for luck begins. And now you have Andrew Luck. And now you have hope. But unfortunately, the team, the likes of Ryan Grigson, didn't get built around Andrew Luck until it was too late because now they have those pieces that he would have liked to have on his team. It's too late now. He can't do it anymore. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America.
We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. So that's, I think, where things need to get highlighted. That's the red point on the resume. That's what should be underlined three times of the what could have been for this, is sometimes great players in college just get a bad rap when they enter the league. They don't have an opportunity to get traded. It's not like the NBA where you can pick and choose what team you're going to go for and who you're going to play for to get out of a bad situation. And years ago, more of the old report, this happened a lot. If you're a great college player and you get drafted to a shitty team, you might be on that shitty team your entire career. What are you going to do? Look at like Mike Mussina playing with the Orioles. What am I doing here? Let me get to the Yankees. There's a ton of examples of players that just got bad raps because the team that drafted them drafted the number one for a reason. They sucked. One Archie, one, one Archie Manning, the right. father of the Manning. The whole career, who, who just, what are you going to do? For years, for years with the hideous New Orleans Saints, uh, their best season ever was a 500 season. And then at the end of his career, wound up with the Oilers and the Vikings, but it was too late. Archie was so beaten up from the years of you know doing the his Ben Gazzara, look it up, folks, run for your life invitation, that there was just nothing left. Uh, and he was an immensely talented. He was a more talented athlete as a quarterback than either of his kids. Uh, his kids couldn't run a leg. Archie Manning was an incredibly athletic quarterback in college and in the pros until he just got so beaten down and so badly beaten up uh, that he was, I mean, torn limb from limb. And really the same thing happened to Jim Plunkett, who wasn't as athletic as Manning, but won the Heisman in that first year of the quarterback when they came out together. And Plunkett was... um, off to a good start with the Pats, but they, of course, weren't very good. And then he got beaten up very badly. Went to some bad San Francisco teams that continued there before his career was resurrected. And he won two Super Bowls for the Raiders and is still the only quarterback in the history of the sport to win two Super Bowls, starting quarterback and not be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and probably will never get there. But the point is, uh, this is this is a guy who... Rarely do we see it cut short this early to the kind of injuries. Usually, usually it's got something to do with concussions. It's got something to do with a knee. It's got something to do with something debilitating where either your overall well-being for the rest of your life or to play the position. This is more along the lines of, I don't want to go through this anymore. If I'm hearing Andrew Luck correctly, if I got out of his press conference, what he was trying to get across is that he's got this calf injury. It's not healing. And Andrew Luck is just sick and tired of spending all of his time rehabbing from injuries instead of practicing and playing. Right. And that is not, that's really what makes this so unique. Jim Brown walked away uh, as the greatest running back of all time, still the greatest running back of all time. And anyone with half a brain will still tell you that Jim Brown is the greatest player in the history of the National Football League. 
after nine phenomenal years when he retired literally is, is the Babe Ruth of, of, of NFL uh, running backs. Also, miraculously, incredibly, never having missed a game in nine years. Barry Sanders retired healthy, uh, maybe out of frustration for the team he was with, never having a chance really to go far in the playoffs, uh, but also retiring with his health. Patrick Willis recently retires all in one piece, but playing a, you know, a brutal position, linebacker, where who knows, the next play could be your last play. Uh, the Lions wide receiver, Calvin Johnson, took an awful lot of hits and wanted to leave healthy and with his wits about him. This is not a guy who's frustrated with the Colts. This is not a guy who's, fr- we, ho- we, we think, is not a guy who's frustrated with losing with the playoffs last year uh, and does not have the type of injury that he could not recover from and play with in the, and, and play in the future is a guy who just doesn't want to deal with recovering from these injuries anymore. Uh, it's not Gail Sayers who came upon us like a meteor. The Kansas Comet, no pun intended, and was the most electrifying running back in the history of the league. And back in the mid-60s when they didn't have the technology and the medical expertise that they have now, had a serious knee injury. And like Sandy Koufax, for all we know, could have had surgery and, and come back 100%. And Gail Sayers could not come back close to 100%. So he retired because... He could not get out there and do the things that he had done in the past. And Andrew Luck is sick and tired of having to go through rehabilitation to do what he's done in the past. That is the difference. Therein lies the the huge difference here. And as I said, his decision, no problem with it. In this day and age of gut it out, suck it up. You're not a man. Andrew Luck's already proven to me that, you know, he is a tough guy. Andrew Luck's already gone out there and played her. Andrew Luck's already fought tooth and nail to recovery from debilitating injuries and gotten back out there as soon as he could and battled and showed he can still get back to the top of his game. And now this injury just proved to be the last straw. Truth proved to be the one that he said, enough. I'm done trying to come back. I'm tired of doing what it takes to get back out on the field uh, to practice and ultimately to play because I'm doing this now all the time. And it's one thing to work out, to stay in shape, to get in shape, to be the best you can be. It's another constantly rehabbing injury after injury after injury just so you can get back out on the field with an opportunity to practice and get yourself back in playing shape and then play. And as is an incredibly bright guy who I'm sure has a lot of other interests and who knows where we'll see him next. If it's not on the field, whether it's in an announcer's booth or on the coaching sidelines or as a general manager or someplace wholly unrelated to football, I'm sure he's going to be terrific at whatever he does. But unfortunately, um, borrowing a comeback and a really successful one, we won't get to see him do what I love to see him do, which is compete at the highest level 
with a, a, a real championship competitive heart. Andrew Luck never laid down. Andrew Luck never gave in. Andrew Luck never quit. Andrew Luck never stopped competing. And that's what I'll always respect about him in terms of the way he carried himself and competed on the field. So I'm cool with this. Uh, I'm selfishly disappointed. Right. And I, I think that's the sentiment of most, not just Colts fans, but football fans in general, because there is the what could have been with Andrew Luck even more so than it is with some other of the what could have been players. From Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, he covers the Colts for them. The physical toll on Andrew Luck through six NFL seasons involves torn cartilage in two ribs, partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney that left him peeing blood, at least one concussion, a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, and now this calf ankle issue that ended up being the final straw. Thank, for thank you for having my back on the litany of injuries because I negligently left out, I mean, to me, the spleen and the kidney, I mean, th those are the toppers to me. I mean, th th those, are, those are, you know, potentially life-threatening injuries. <laughs> you know, th th those are your insides being ripped to shreds. Forget about a cartilage, you know, forget about a ligament. Forget about a calf. That that's your that's your inner work that's your inner workings. And, okay? and we'll see in two to four weeks. Get back quick. The playoffs are coming. I mean, we've become so spoiled, and it's it's hard for me to appreciate that spoiledness just because I wasn't around for when guys used to get incredibly beaten, battered playing professional sports, and there were no life-changing surgeries. There were no medications and advancements in those fields. If you got too hurt, it was over. Your career was done, whether you liked it or not. You, you couldn't go get Tommy John surgery. You couldn't get your ACL repaired. It was over. And that was just how it was. Now, if a quarterback doesn't get to his late 30s and isn't playing well in his late 30s, we're flabbergasted at this. Why isn't he playing great? I mean, Tom Brady has made a mockery of how you can play professional football into your 40s, and he wants to play till he's 45. And he looks fantastic, even though the season hasn't started yet. Just from what he's shown, he looks like he'll be fine. So we just assume if you're quarterback, you're going to get protected, you have the best advancements medicine can buy, and you're going to be able to play until you're 40 years old. Well, Andrew Luck at 29 said, no, that ain't me, man. And everybody's first reaction was, what do you mean it's not you? How come you're not going to play till 40? What's wrong you? with you? How dare, How you? dare you? Go How dare be you? with your wife and have a family and, and take what health you have away and rehab this injury right and not rush yourself back. Jeff Schwartz had a great piece today about what it's like in the NFL if you're hurt. And who are we to say what it's like in the NFL if you're hurt if you haven't played in the NFL? He's saying... What just day-to-day -day is like when you're healthy? Now try day-to-day -day when you're hurt and you have to make time for rehab. And some days you're just not physically able to do the rehab and you have to go home. It's a wasted day now that you have to make up. Plays are being implemented. Your teammates are looking at you on the sidelines. Like, what, what's this guy's problem? And then the off-season comes. Your one time for respite to go away, be with your family, 
to sort of miss the game that you love and get that passion back for it. Like, I can't wait to get back on the football field. You're spending that whole offseason hurt. When you get back to the regular season, the preseason, getting ready for the season, you're like, I'm still doing this? (laughs) I still got to rehab? And then I got to go play right away? I don't have time to sit and relax and enjoy? It's unbelievable what happens, in a sense, behind closed doors that we as fans just take for granted. So how can we hate the Andrew Luck decision? I, I agree. You can be disappointed as a football fan. You can be disappointed as a Colts fan. You could be eh, just slightly disappointed if you drafted him in fantasy football. You'll be all right. This is real life stuff, unfortunately. See if you can make a trade. But we can't be the judge and jury on when somebody hangs things up. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Not to change the, 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 the tone here, but since I got in this discussion last night, and I was laughed off the air by one Tom Burke, um, when I, he said, you know, Andrew Luck's not all of him quarterback. I said, well, of course he's not, but, you know, we don't know what Andrew Luck could have been or would have been. What if Andrew Luck won, you know, two more, two, I mean, they had a good team. They had a really good team. What if Andrew Luck won two Super Bowls in the next six years? And he just laughed at that. Like, that was an impossibility. It's just, he made it sound like, he literally said, you know, well, if I was 6'10", and, yeah, compare an apples to oranges. You know, you're not 6'10", and you can't dunk, all right? So you can't win an NBA championship, all right? You can't play in the NBA. How do we know that if Andrew Luck was healthy, 100% this year, that the Colts don't go to the Super Bowl. How do we know that they don't build a juggernaut with all the money that they've gotten free agency and become the powerhouse in the AFC as the paths slowly sink into the Belichick and Brady retirement saga at some point? At some point. I don't know when, but you know, some point in the next few years to open up the AFC. Uh, you know, because because the Colts have got a terrific team. A lot of people think the Colts have the best defense in, in the conference. Colts have a ton of money to spend against the Cat. Colts had a great draft. So why was it so out of the realm of possibility for the Colts to go out and win a couple of Super Bowls? How many Super Bowls did Peyton Manning win when he was 29? When did he win his first Super Bowl? It was 2006. How old was Peyton Manning? 28, 29? Give or take. Same age as Andrew Luck. Right. He won two. He won two. Why couldn't Andrew Luck win two in the next six or seven years? Here's what people, I think, forget, too. And, and I was laughed off the air. <laughs> oh, I was hung up on the laughed off the air by Mad Dog Sports Radio's Thomas Byrne, who's trying to tell me that the Philly quarterback, who's been in the league for four seconds, is better, better quarterback than Andrew Luck. He's trying to tell me that Pat... Excuse me, the, the, the Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, the biggest gagger in Super Bowl history. In Super Bowl history, the biggest tank job, the biggest choke job, maybe in the history of sports, maybe in the history of all of sports, in championship sports, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I was quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons who had the Super Bowl locked up, locked, stock, and barrel, and just gagged it away. Gagged it away, trying to tell me he's a good quarterback. 
trying to try and show me he's a level above Andrew Luck. So where do you put Andrew Luck in the pantheon of current NFL quarterbacks? I'll just say I've got. I'll just I'll just say to you, I've got him in the top ten. Did you? Oh, without question. If he's healthy, you could argue that he's top five, and you shouldn't get laughed off the air. <laughs> Brady, Breeze, Rogers, got it. Okay. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Perfect. He had, he had Russell Wilson in the second level. I have Russell. I have Russell Wilson in the upper level. I have, I have Russell level. Russell Wilson in the top echelon. I've I've got him in the top group. I've got him with Breeze, with, with Breeze, with Brady, with Rogers, with Roethlisberger, with the MVP Patty Mahomes. And this is not. I'm just not the who you want for the next five years. Who you want? The, we have to give the old guys credit for what they've done and the fact that they're still playing really well. Brady's still playing really well. Breeze is still playing really well, although I think he's got dead arm. Roethlisberger is still playing really well. Rivers is still playing really well, all right? Patty Mahomes, obviously, is in his prime and off the charts. Rodgers is younger than those other guys, older than, the, than Patty Mahomes, of course, and at the well into the second half of career, but still playing really, really well, although banked up a lot, all right? So even if you put all those guys ahead of him, who else? Yeah, who else? He, he's at least top 10, at least. So That can't be argued. That's what well, makes this I, I, unfortunate. It, it, it was argued last night to the extent that I was laughed off the air by the Philadelphia cream cheese wins. Tommy Byrne and Carson Wentz, who took a team to uh, two-thirds of the Super Bowl before you know, he went down. And then went down again. Yeah, we just have a one-year sample size with Carson Wentz. And he's you a great-looking player. You got to hold that against him, though. If if it's we've seen these guys in their prime years, we've seen what Andrew Luck can do consistency when healthy. And we've also seen Andrew Luck raise the level of a team's play. We've seen Andrew Luck take a franchise that was moribund, awful. Brutal, pathetic, the worst team in the league. That's why they got Andrew Luck and take them to the playoffs. And we've seen that team fall apart without Andrew Luck. What other evidence do you need of during that time frame, his greatness? He was a great quarterback at times. He wasn't great consistently enough to be a great quarterback. He was a very good quarterback. At times, great, but not great consistently enough to be deemed a great quarterback. A great talent, but not a great quarterback. Because you have to be, if you're going to be a great quarterback, got to be great most of the time. If you're going to be a great NBA player, you got to be great most of the time. If you're going to be a great Major League Baseball player, now remember, different with Major League Baseball because you're only successful when you're great three out of ten times. So it's not like a shooter. It's not like... A quarterback, tell the guy catching passes, all right? You're not successful that often because it's the hardest thing to do. But the other aspects of the game, your fielding, your base running, your, your understanding and the way you carry yourself on the field, that's part of being great as a baseball player, not just being successful three out of ten times at the play. So night in, night out, are you great most of the time as a baseball player? Are you great most of the time as an NBA player? Are you great more often than not 
as an NFL player or a quarterback, whatever position you may play. Hard to judge for linemen would know that. But you know, certainly quarterback, easiest one to judge. He's got the ball in his hands every play on offense. Easiest one to be critical of, easiest one to judge, easiest one to compliment, easiest one to criticize. All there for all the world to see. Andrew Luck at times was a great, great quarterback. At other times he wasn't. Other times he was just good, very good. Sometimes not so good. The ultimate result for me, the end of the equation, is that Andrew Luck was a very good NFL quarterback. And we're at the time now where I, I think it's fair to start having the conversation of how great is said quarterback around this age. I, I think if you take the I won when I was really old, like John Elway, and I won when I was really young, like Tom Brady, and you meet in the middle, I think we're right in the crux of where it would have start have been time to look at Andrew Luck and say, all right, let's see something now. And on paper, everybody seemingly was optimistic this was going to be a perfect year for that to happen, and, and unfortunately, too little too late. And that happens. It happens in sports, and, and I, I just think we've gotten away from that, which is good. It's great. I mean, not to say it's a shame that players can play so late in their careers and do so at a high level and remain healthy. I'm not saying we should take that away from sports. But not everybody can do that, unfortunately enough. Injuries happen. People can't stay healthy. Team dynamics change. Ownership changes. The pieces around them are, are different or, or not what they should be. Everybody can't be what you want them to be and, and what the storybook ending you hope they'll be happen. Here we are with Andrew Luck. So now we're going to be left with, and I'm interested to see who you think will get the more favor here for a conversation. We're either going to get soon, maybe not soon for Andrew Luck. We're going to get, whenever a quarterback gets injured, now it's, well, word is Andrew Luck's healthy again. He rehabbed the calf, the ankle, maybe give him a shot a couple years down the road. Now we also might hear maybe the Colts go after Colin Kaepernick. See if that's a discussion that should be made. Give him a tryout. See what happens. I think that'll take more of the news than the Andrew Luck part of it, just because, I mean, he's, he's nowhere ready to play yet, and why would he rehab himself to do so? He didn't say, I'm not playing until uh, week 10. I'll be back, and then we'll see how I feel, and maybe I can give the team a push into the postseason. This was it. And knowing Andrew Luck, he's done. Like, he can move to Missouri into, like, a farm and never be heard from again, and that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Now the Colin Kaepernick conversation might come up as it does. We'll see. What are they going to have in Jacoby Brissett? I, I don't know if we've seen enough to know that. We know that usually the, the bench guys under Tom Brady don't really go off to become superstars. At least we haven't seen it yet. But here's two cases where we can. Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe they'll become what they're people think they should be because they got to watch Tom Brady sling. The well, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett doesn't have to be a superstar. They've got a really good team with weapons. And they drafted the Ohio State kid, uh, Paris Campbell, uh, who's a burner. They've got 
a terrific offensive line. They've got a very good defense. So I don't want to, I'm not going to use the term game manager. He's taken all the snaps in camp in the preseason. So he should be prepared, ready, and raring to go. To me, if Jacoby Brissett, who I think has the ability to be a middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback, that should be good enough to get the close to the playoff with what they've got. Middle-of-the-road puts you in there with uh, the likes of Eli Manning, an aging Eli Manning, right? a young and in his prime, relatively young and in his prime, Kirk Cousins, who I think is vastly overrated. Uh, you've got underachievers the last few years like Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. How, how, do you, how, how high do you rank Cam Newton? I'm sure higher than that. The, the, the middle of the pack, uh, but you're, you're dropping down because of his injuries. But uh, Nick Foles, Jacoby says played in this league. He's taken a lot of snaps. He's won games. So, can he... And that, that's really where I'm going to put it. Can he be Nick Foles? Can he step into the shoes of the young... Not so young. Superstar. Uh, darling of the town. Wentz in Philly. Luck. Obviously not that young at 29, as young as Wentz. But again, the guy who was beat up, the guy who's had the injuries, can he step into and take over a playoff team like Foles did in Philadelphia and continue to take them? I'm not going to say to new heights for, for the Colts, but, but continue to ride the horse successfully uh, you know, to the finish line. But here, unlike... Nick Foles, he's in the starting gate. Nick Foles was in the starting gate a few seasons ago right, before Carson Wentz was there. Then Nick Foles took over at the three-quarter fall when Wentz got hurt, then he did it again. Well, can Jacoby Brissett be the mount all right, when the big-time jockey uh, couldn't ride the horse? Can he get right in the starting game and take them all the way around the track to the playoffs? Uh, To me, the situation is comparable except for the time frame. But I think the scenario is is pretty similar uh, in the the, the caliber of uh, the player that we're talking about uh, that's coming in to take over. So, and and, he did have some success, obviously, when he had that huge year uh, with the Eagles, and then obviously he had to, fell from grace after that, and he was going to be a one-year wonder. And then lo and behold, you know he comes riding in on his white horse and takes from the Super Bowl the second time around. So I, I'm, I'm very curious to see with Frank Reich, who is a very, uh, as he proved last year, I thought when he was not the first choice, a very sound coach, a quarterbacks coach, uh, a player's coach, a guy who's got a good head on his shoulders and really is a teacher. 
how is he going to work with Jacoby Brissett? I think it's a good fit. I think it's good. I think they could be a lot worse off if not for Jacoby Brissett. Really, the unfortunate thing for Colts fans is taking a step back. And as we put a bow on our Andrew Luck show for this week, <laughs> the unfortunate thing is you would think, think italicized in quotes because God only knows, but you would think three to five years, Ben Roethlisberger's gone, Philip Rivers is gone, and even Tom Brady will one day be gone. And Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, and it was going to be in the AFC, Andrew Luck and Patty Mahomes. And let's see what those boys can do. Andrew Thus, Luck. my rationale of two Super Bowls in the next six years, because that would have put him at 35. Right. So not impossible, not unfathomable to think that he could have gone to two Super Bowls in the next half dozen years if he stayed completely healthy with a really solid roster and now a GM at Grigson. Uh, who seems to know what he's doing, unlike the prior GM. On top of everything else, the timing for Andrew Luck from a team success could not have been worse. To add insult to injury, this was finally the chance uh, where, even though, yes, Brady was still here, yes, Rivers is still here, and Patty Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera, but they were climbing the ladder. They weren't a one-year wonder. They were good and a position to get nothing but better as the years go on. And he's not going to get a chance to experience that. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Pleasure is all mine, John. Uh, Al from White Plains, slash Al Renato from my co-host, John Tiny. Well, sorry, folks, if you uh, didn't get enough Andrew Luck, uh, all you have to do is listen to Sports Talk Radio anywhere and everywhere. You'll be hearing lots more of it in the next couple days. Until next time. For the new report, the old report, I am Al Renato. Take care, everybody. We'll be back next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.